0: Welcome to Be With Your Body. My name is Sarah Jane Chapman. This is a podcast about folks connecting with their bodies just as they are without needing to be any other way. Today I am talking with Melissa Shaw. Melissa is a yoga therapist and also has an extensive knowledge of Ayurveda and tends to live her life by those principles. She's going to talk about what all of that means throughout this episode. Melissa also is a person who suffers from pretty severe allergies, and that has affected her relationship with her body. So she talks about that too. Uh, stay tuned at the end of the, the episode, and Melissa leads us through this really, really beautiful uh, meditation. Just a heads up. I tried to use a a different um headphones to at when during while I was recording this. And um it doesn't sound great. So I do apologize. You can understand me, but it's like, you know, you can't, it's a little bit uh muted. So just a heads up for that. And I hope that you enjoy Melissa Shaw. I don't wanna hate myself, my body, or my mind. I still have a kind. It's not just me, it's systems of oppression make us small. This healing's not just for
1: you and me, because really, it's for us all. So today I am with a dear love of mine, Melissa Shaw. Um, Hi, Melissa. I'm so happy that you're here. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes. So, um, will you tell me, I have folks kind of introduce themselves and just share some things you identify with and as, and um, your pronouns, if you feel comfortable.
2: Yeah, um, my name is Melissa Shah. Um, some things I identify as are first-generation Indian American. My parents immigrated here um, in the 1980s. Um, yes, yeah, this is a child of the Indian diaspora. And uh, my pronouns are she, her, and hers. Yeah. So we know each other
1: through the yoga world. And in my opinion, you are one of the most yoga, yoga knowledgeable people that I know. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a yoga therapist. Could you tell me a little bit about what a, a yoga therapist is?
2: Yeah. You know, it's a great question because what I'm learning is that a lot of yoga therapy trainings are really different. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And sure. so the yeah. one that Sarah, Jade, and Iron, um, you know, something I get out of that being a yoga therapist is really understanding how to apply the teachings as it applies to that person, not necessarily to you. And I think the Jar used to say that a lot about, um, you know, teach teach how teach in a way where the teachings apply to the person and really being able to hold space for that individual and not necessarily where you want them to be, but where they are. Um, So I think Mm -hmm. a yoga therapist, someone who understands how to apply yogic practices um, in a way that meets someone where they are, but you also have an understanding of where they're going and how to apply these yogic tools so that um, it becomes you know, it becomes like a sustained pattern for them through their life versus, you know, versus giving like, okay, I'm just going to walk you through an hour practice every time we meet. And like, that's it, mm-hmm. you know, which is also completely fine. Right. A lot of people do that with their private sessions, but the yoga therapy is different in the way different. And also I think sometimes more challenging because the onus is also on the client or the patient to like do the work too. Um, uh-huh. and they have their practice that you, you work with them to design for them. um, But that practice is something that's adapted to them so acutely that it's even adapted to what time of day they should be doing it, you know, and um, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: how much time do they realistically have so that the person wants to do their practice. And I think those things, they're not necessarily quote unquote yoga therapy, but I think that's what like distinguishes it from, you know, working with someone privately where they're leading you through practices all the time versus somebody being there to hold space for you and guide you as you um, apply the teachings to yourself. Yeah. The long game. Yeah. The long game. (laughs) The long game. It's not for everyone. (laughs) It's not for everyone. Yeah.
1: It's just, yeah. I always remember um, when I was a kid, I started taking guitar lessons and the guitar teacher said, so I lost my magic wand. So I can't just like wave it. And then you're magically a good, guitar player he's like unfortunately you have to like practice all the time <laughs> and I think about that with yoga therapy it's like we're not magicians we like have lear- we're learning these systems and tools and it's really like you said on the um on the person who is like receiving the practice to like do the work
2: yeah yeah totally and I yeah. think that's what makes it hard in a way yeah (laughs) at the same time I I think it's cool because it's also um when the time is right for that to come into someone's life it will and Mm -hmm. not everyone's ready for it all the time at every point in their life like my um, husband has been practicing yoga since we've been together which is like I don't know nine years or eight years and um he would go to classes with me and things like that and then When I started um, studying yoga therapy, like, more deeply and had my own personal practice, you know, at one point, he's like, can you make a personal, can you make a personal practice for me? Can you write one? And I was like, well, I really think you should go to someone else, like Mm -hmm. your wife. And I don't know. But I wrote one for him, you know, based on, like, what he had going on. And he actually did it for a while. Um, But he was, like, sort of, like, in and out, you know? It just, Mm -hmm. like, like, what, it, like, probably, like, wasn't the right time. And then during the pandemic, he was like, okay, like, enough's enough. You know, or Mm -hmm. there was something in him that was like, okay, I'm ready to actually work with someone that's not you that I'm willing to be vulnerable with and share that these things are happening for me and not just physically, but like in my life. Yeah. Um, And like really looking for that, that kind of guidance. And I think sometimes like people see like having a mentor as a teacher as like a sign of weakness, you know, that no, Mm -hmm. yeah, that you like, you should be able to have all the answers. And on one hand, I'm like, yeah, like no one knows your body better than you. That's totally true. Sure. And wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to do all of this alone? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. And have someone that has been down the path a little bit further yeah. than us that can like help us on our way. Yeah. So having this podcast be called Be With Your Body, how
2: is your body feeling today? Um, It's okay. You know, I've had actually quite a bit of uh, you know, in our class last night, we were talking about carpal tunnel and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. all this like dry stuff, but I've actually been having a lot of um, sensation on my right side, like all the way down my shoulder, all the way down to my arm. And it feels like a lot of it is because of I'm on my laptop so much for working, mm-hmm. and I don't really have a great setup. And I'm really feeling like that heaviness on the right side of my body, like it's almost like pulling me down. Um, yeah. and so uh, today, that's so much better <laughs> and I don't feel like that. Um, so I'm actually feeling pretty good. You know, I'm actually feeling like, um, a little bit more balanced.
1: Yeah. So will you tell me a little bit about the history of your experience with your body, maybe growing up, or I know that like you've working on like some balance within your system and and stuff like that.
2: Yeah. I would say like, I mean, there's so many things. It depends how much time you have, (laughs) but I think (laughs) like, I think one of the biggest things that stand out to me, um, actually my husband, I just had a conversation about this morning is I developed food allergies like right after puberty, like 11, Mm. 11 ish years old or somewhere, somewhere around that time. And they sort of kind of started one by one. It wasn't like all of a sudden I couldn't eat anything. It was like, I would have, I remember really clearly at a friend's house, we had like a vanilla fudge ice cream that had walnuts in it. And I used to eat walnuts all the time, like crack the shell and eat them. And all of a sudden I'm like, something's happening and I like, can't get this anymore. You know? Um, I was like, that's weird. And then I remember one time, um, my sister and my sister who also developed allergies around the same exact time. We're super close in age. We were all at our house and my cousins all lived down the street and (laughs) they all lived down the street. Um, so like very much like a joint family all together, all the time they Mm -hmm. came over and my mom had made, um, i trying to remember the name of it. I think it's Hanvi. It's like a Gujarati snack. Mm. And it's made with um, basin, which is a type of chickpea flour. Mm-hmm. And this type of flour is like so common in like all snacks in the area in which my family is from. Like, it's like literally in every, literally in everything. Mm-hmm. People use it to like add, it's like a thick, it's a, like thickened like, um, like curries and they'll add it to like add like sustenance or substance and it's literally in everything. And so my mom used to make this stuff all the time and she made this snack where it kind of has like an eggy texture and you make this batter and then you spread it over like a huge table and then you start to cut it in slices and Mm -hmm. then you just roll it. They're like little like rolls. It's actually really good. And I remember Mm. we were all eating that together because it took forever to make it. And my sister and I both started, I don't even remember the, like what exactly happened. I remember just like not being able to like breathe properly. And I also had asthma. I've also had asthma since I was two years old. So um, start, we both were, like, not breathing. We both kind of, like, had all these, like, bumps on our face, which we didn't know were hive.
4: Yeah. And
2: I just remember, like, my mom, mom being, like, just drink some ginger ale because in our family, ginger ale is, like, the antidote. <laughs> the cure not Like, all. a big yeah. Yeah. wedding. Big yeah, big yeah the, one, were, Like, Lysol. Windex, <laughs> yeah. windex. Like, ginger ale was a thing. My yeah. mom's like, just have some ginger ale. Like, you'll be fine. We literally had ginger ale, and we're like, we are not fine. <laughs> Something <laughs> about read. Thing. Yeah. And I remember um, – mm. Like no one believing us. Like my whole family was there, cousins and everything, um, and everyone's just like, "You guys are just being dramatic. Like that's not really a thing." You know, we're just like, <laughs> you know, like I can't breathe. Yeah, don't feel well. And the thing with allergies, it's usually it's not the first time that you have an aller- allergic reaction. I mean, you already know this, right? It's like yeah, sometimes second second time might be a little bit bad. Third time it might be worse. Fourth time might be like fatal. And so yeah. luckily, it wasn't so bad where we. I don't I remember taking any medication, but that was like one of my first experiences that I can remember of having a reaction and being like completely invalidated by it. And it was like that point on where something just like clicked in my brain or like there was like a new pattern that got created that was like, I'm on my own here, you know, that, um, and my sister too. And eventually my mom, um, you know, after some years, we were like in high school. My mom like realized like, oh, I can actually substitute these foods like different flours that you're not allergic to. But mm-hmm. you know, when you grow up in a big family like that, like you and you're cooking for everyone, you know, even my mother-in-law is like, I don't know how to make this stuff without these things. And like, it's gotten yeah. a lot better because I've been in their family for so long. It's like a, it's not like an unwillingness to change. It's like I don't know, and then I'm gonna have to accommodate. I'm gonna have to change everything just because of like a couple of people. So it's better if you just mm-hmm. eat something separate. And um, so all this to say, like there was something that there was like a pattern that got like ignited during that time where this like hyper awareness about food, you know, and mm-hmm. it was like, and I, I know this now, and I didn't really know it then, but it's like this hyper awareness that's like really rooted in survival. Yeah. Um, and this feeling of like, you know, like no one no one can watch out for me in the way I can watch out for myself. Like no one's going to, like, there's no one's going to be able to do that um, except for my sister. And then eventually my mom too, because my sister had yeah. a lot of the same allergies. So she totally got it. Right. When, yeah. even now, I mean, I'm 33 years old and we're at like a family gathering or um, yeah, family gatherings, like lots of Indian food and people are like, Oh, but I just sprinkled a little bit of this on and I'm like, I will like go to the hospital, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, like, yeah. It's but like, it's, it's not that bad. Bit. It's not, you know, it's probably, it's not that much, you know, like you'll be fine. And <laughs> even, even now. Right. But now like, I'm so hardwired to like tune that stuff out. Like a lot of times I just like bring my yeah. own food to things a lot of like, yeah. or I just like eat before I go places. But I think that that looking back on a now sparked this kind of relationship with my body where like, it was like, it was like beyond the point of being attuned to the point where it was like zeroing in on everything. Um mm-hmm. And, ha- you know, people sometimes say, oh, it's so great, though, because you were so aware of, like, how your body was responding to things. I'm like, it really wasn't like mm, that, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, because as a kid, like, you just want to belong. Like, you don't want to stand yeah. out because, like, you can't eat certain things. And um, and, and what's worse, uh, to me, what's worse about that is, like, even now as an adult, like, people think it's, like, a point of interest about me. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about, like, what I can and can't have. Like, if I need to tell you because you're cooking for me, sure. But it's not something that um I find particularly interesting that, like, I want to necessarily focus on, but other people do because they're, like, fascinated, right? They're, like, I can't even imagine not being able to eat, like, X, Y, Z or, you know, your life must be so hard. And, like, <laughs> these you are things. You figure insane. it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're just, like, okay, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. But this, like, hyper-awareness, like, easily lends itself into – um you know, like a hyper awareness about your body, you know, and like, mm-hmm. not just like how it feels, but how it looks. It's like, it's like mm-hmm. a pattern that just like explodes and it like leaks into every, every part of your life, you know? And you don't even, it's like when you're like a teenager, like you don't even really know what's happening because I almost don't know how to think any other way. Cause I've had to like think about food that way for so long. Yeah. Um, and like not really having like, and definitely not any friends, but also like besides my sister, like not really anyone close to me that had, really similar experience where it was manifesting in this particular way yeah Um, yeah well it's. I mean
1: I didn't realize that your sister was also experiencing some of that too in some ways that might have been kind of nice to have someone that validated your experience
4: yeah
1: yeah I saw this um I'm gonna butcher it I saw this quote or like you know meme or whatever that was like something like yeah sure I you know I may have like trauma may have like informed who I am now but like I wish I didn't have to go through all that,
2: you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, you know, this comes up a lot, in like, uh, with Ani, like my husband, because he has never had the experience, like, not life or death, right? Never had the experience of, um, it's not that like I don't want to have this. It's like I actually can't. Um, yeah. And that kind of languaging. Even though, yeah, it's like a survival thing, it also like leaks into everything because there's some things that you probably could have and like could probably be okay. And I'm just like, no, 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 I, like I can't do that versus yeah, like protection. versus like um you know, a feeling more like changing the language to be more of a choice. Like I'm choosing not to have these certain things, even though like I won't have to like take my epi pen, but I'll won't I won't feel great, you know. It'll have like a mild allergic reaction, which will like affect everything else. And I would always think of it as like no, like, I don't even want to think about it. Like, I can't do those things. Mm And husband and I talk about this a lot more than we probably want to. Um, because like he's growing up, like he never had that experience where he didn't have something because he like, can't have it because it'll like hurt him in some way. Right. It's, um, and it's, so I think that has, it's really interesting to see like my relationship to my body versus his or like other people, because um this idea of like can't it like spreads into things where like you probably you actually could and it would be fine mm-hmm. right? but you're like mm-hmm. anything that's gonna like make me feel not like myself I like won't do it right and that's gotten like a lot better but that's like sort of the pattern that kind of gets perpetuated where you're like okay actually like I'm not really allergic to those things Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's going to make my body look different, you know, or, um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, or it's going to make me feel a little tired or something like that. Like I see that as like, no, 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 no. You know, like, I can only have these things. Like these things are safe and everything mm-hmm. else is not safe. And it's interesting to like interact with people close to, close to cl- that I'm close to in my life who like, have never had the experience of like not being able to, put certain things in their body, you know? So it's, like, they're actually trying to, like, you know, eat in a way where they're more balanced, but it's, like, everything's, like, everything's coming as, like, a choice, right? Mm-hmm. Um And I always look at that. I'm, like, I really want to be able to, like, live like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? wouldn't that be
1: nice? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think about that with, with my diabetes. You know, it's not um to the same degree where it's not, like, a certain thing, but there are definitely certain types of foods, if I eat them at certain times of day, like it will affect my body for 24 hours. Like for me, I love pizza, but if I eat pizza, especially like later in the night, it's like I get the first high blood sugar from just the carbs of it. And then like the way that my body digests it, I get like a second wave of it, like four hours later. And it's like, I just have to know that. And it's, you know, it's just, yeah, it's hard when you have all these considerations with, and food is supposed to be nourishing and fun and you know enjoyable and then it just it's a bummer when it's like
2: some of those things get taken
1: away because of condition
2: yeah I think um what I've noticed over the last few years is that um probably the last like five years like how that has triggered like so much like body image Mm, stuff because mm -hmm. there's like it's like almost like it is connected but it's almost like it really shouldn't be connected right like having mm-hmm. allergies and not being able to have certain things because of, like, how your system responds to it is, like, it should really be a separate thing from, like, body like how your body looks, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, but it's almost, like, it got all, like, obviously, like, growing up with all women, too, and, um, you know, and having, being the youngest and being exposed to, like, diet culture and stuff like that at a really young age, mm-hmm. it's almost like, oh, well... If, you know, some of these things I can't have, they're like, not that great for you anyway, according to like diet culture. So like, sure. I'm just going to like keep not having it, you know, and it's like, not, I'm, I'm not going to feel great anyway. And there's like this connection now between like, mm. you know, looking a certain way and like feeling a certain way mm-hmm. and these two things, which, which in some ways it makes so much sense that they're connected, but it almost feels like they really shouldn't be the same thing. Yeah. At all. Um, so like the the last like few years, I've started to notice like that gets triggered when I travel, and so mm. during COVID, it was like great. Mm. Like I didn't go anywhere, you know. Yeah, I didn't go anywhere. I wasn't seeing anyone, and in a way, I like got to feel like, oh, like actually, this is what my body is like when I'm not putting it under like all these changes all the time, you know. And this is, yeah, like, it's actually like a quite a bit of a different relationship to like food, and but I think a big part of that with travel, I used to notice that it was a big trigger where like I would start to like to control my environment so much more because everything felt so out of control. Like I wasn't no. home. I couldn't have like my regular breakfast and mm-hmm. have all my things. Um, but that, what made me think of that was when you were saying like food is like, you know, it is something that's like nourishing you. And I say this to my clients all the time and, and I do believe it, but I think it'll take me more time before my body like fully accepts it, that there's like, no, no there's nothing that's good or bad. And, mm-hmm. and I say that with patterns with my clients too. It's not about if something's like, oh, that's a bad habit and you do this and it's bad. It's like, is it actually mm-hmm. useful for you right now or not? And any kind of any kind of pattern that we've developed throughout our life, like we developed it because it served us a certain function and we like need to thank it, you know, and it was there for a reason. Yeah. It's I think the issue is that as we grow up, we still hold on to a lot of them and then yeah. we still operate that way. And we're like, wait, I actually I actually don't need this anymore. It's like, yeah. it's, you know, because I am I like have an understanding of what I can and can't eat and I understand like how to nourish myself and I don't need this like um, I don't need the same fear anymore. It's like, not, it's not really helping me survive anymore. But when I travel, it's like, or like we've been moving a lot. And so like it triggers so much of this stuff where I'm like, I need something to control so that I feel like safe in my body. Um, and so when you said food was nourishing, I'm thinking about like, you know, all the times when I think about food nourishing, being nourishing, I think about being home and being able to like cook, like all the different kinds of meals I want like Mm -hmm. experiment and my like husband cooking for me and I'm like that feels nourishing because I'm not having to like read a menu six times and make sure that there's things like secret things in there that we're gonna like sprinkle walnuts on top or I'm not having to like call the restaurant and have a conversation with them so that when we all go to a restaurant together I'm not like everyone's like not staring at me while I have to ask them a million questions about the menu and all those things are also okay. And I've been doing them my whole life. And it's not sure. like, I won't go out because of that. But I think that being home more during COVID made me realize like all that like hidden stress that actually causes. And yeah. it's a part of life and I have to deal with it, of course. But it mean, it just made me more aware of like, Oh, like that's the difference. I actually like, I love eating I eat like five times a day. Like yeah. I really enjoy it. But I, when I really enjoy it, it's like, when I'm not like hyper aware of like everything that's in it and I'm not hyper aware when like I'm the one like making it with my own hands and that's something that's still kind of tricky you know because then if I'm anywhere that's like not home it has to be with somebody that I fully trust like understands yeah what What I mean and that's like not always realistic you know so it's tricky It is tricky. Yeah. And it's just, it's really tricky. Yeah. Definitely for folks with
1: allergies or any sort of like special accommodations that I think that's, that's that kind of hidden underlying stress that maybe like very able-bodied people may not even realize is like, not only do we have to, you know, manage whatever is happening within our body and within our system. And then we have to like, make sure that we're safe in the outside world. And that's a lot to manage. That's a
2: lot of extra stress. Yeah. <laughs> like the idea with like, you know, Ayurveda, which, yeah, you know, you and I like try to live by as much as possible. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's, we've talked about this. There's such a fine line between practicing like an Ayurvedically aligned diet for like your own imbalances and constitution sure. and like, and like disorder eating. There's like such a fine line I because know. you, you know, if you already have allergies or like a chronic illness or something where you have to be aware of like like you said like even like when you're eating something right you could still eat the thing but you're not it's not like you know somebody who doesn't have those things they could just have it whenever they want like not think about Mm -hmm. it there's like there's like a different layer of like analyzing that happens um Mm -hmm. and then you add like well I also want to eat in a way where that's going to like help me like thrive in my life you know um which is like beyond just survival, right? Which is like how yeah. I've lived like most of my life. It's like just like trying not to you know have to take like two doses of benadryl after I eat a meal, right? And yeah. And yeah. so be, and so because Fair. of that, like it's obviously like for me it's like so well controlled and I'm like super aware of like what I can and can't have, but there's this other layer of like, well, I also want to like incorporate foods and in a way of eating that's also going to support me in a way where I can like thrive beyond that. And I think that there's such a fine line there of doing that and then being, um, you know, like so restrictive or so like rigid that it becomes like, you know, you can't like function without it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've mentioned in a couple other episodes, which is when someone is hyper-focused on like health and wellness. And sometimes like that can, it basically, it shows up as rigidity like what you're saying and like means that like it's hard to do anything outside of that but obviously yeah. that gets exasperated when you have like like medically necessary <laughs> things that you need to have for your body yeah. so you just talk a little bit about ayurveda i'd love for you to um if you would like kind of elaborate a little bit more on i know ayurveda is a huge topic but like specifically around ayurveda and like food and, like, different things that, um, I mean, you can speak for your, own, for your own experience of things that you maybe practice or do to help, like, maybe pacify some things, especially as you're
2: moving and traveling.
3: <laughs> yeah, for
2: sure. <laughs> um, so, at Ayurveda, you know, um, Veda is, like, science or knowledge. Ayurveda means life. So, Ayurveda is, like, I think, encompasses so much more than our western medical systems It's literally talking about the science of life not just how we function um physically but like emotionally and spiritually and all of those things um, and I think in terms of food the way I've been trying to think about it more is that you know I think in our culture here in the west there tends to be like this perspective on Ayurveda as like uh, what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I see that so much, you know, like eBooks mm-hmm. and Instagram and websites where they're like, okay, if you're Vata, do this, don't do this. If you're fit, just right. do don't do this. If you're yeah, yeah. And, yeah. You're like, mm-hmm. and, and uh, sure. Like there's, yeah. there's like, sure. There's like some truth to that, like, fine. But mm-hmm. like, I think it's also the same thing in my opinion. I mean, I don't know as much about astrology as you, but like, you know, if all, uh, you know, for all Pisces, like you should never do this, you know, or you're right. always going to be like this. It's like, it's like yeah. total bullshit. Uh, yeah, um, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. there are, uh, you know, whatever your individual constitution is and your makeup. Yeah. You're going to have some tendencies that are going to be similar to people who have, you know, a similar constitution. But sure. I think with the way I think about it is like less of a, what I can eat and what I can not eat and more like, what are the qualities of different foods? Um, And how does that align with the qualities that I'm needing to bring into my system, Mm
4: -hmm. which means that it's
2: more of like a checking in of, you know, a day to day or week to week basis. Like, am I noticing more quality? Like, for example, for me right now, a big quality that's showing up is um, like easily distracted, Mm -hmm. you know? And I mean, a lot of my work is on my computer. And so I have like 20 tabs open and I'm like, writing an email then i stop halfway and i just start working on something else and i stop halfway to do something else right like that that will happen a lot right now um Mm -hmm. i have like seven different projects i'm working on but none of them are actually really getting done that's like obviously Mm -hmm. a strong like vata quality like wind Mm -hmm. and space and so just an example right if i if i i'm tuning into that i notice like oh that's not just like one day that's like five six days a week i'm noticing this when i'm working what are some qualities I'm needing to help pacify that? So I would think like something grounding, maybe heavy. Um, yeah, like the, maybe those two qualities I'm thinking about, like stability. And so mm-hmm. when I think about like, then I go into my kitchen and I see like what's actually available. I'm not going to like go to Whole Foods and spend like $200 and sure. stuff, right? Like <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like what's yeah. actually available. <laughs> or maybe like my sister, my sister is a childbirth educator and she does a lot of postpartum doula work. And one advice she gives to couples or or like people who are birthing, she'll say like, you know, if you're like not that into cooking or you don't have like that kind of support system postpartum where people can make meals for you. Yeah. She's like, look at all the restaurants around you that you like eating from and pull the takeout menus you think that are going to have like the most nourishing food with the principles mm-hmm. she's talked about. And she's mm-hmm. like, keep those takeout menus handy and yeah. just like order takeout, whatever, you know. Yeah. But yeah. order takeout yeah. that's going to be like warm and nourishing and heavy and mm-hmm. like all those qualities you need postpartum. Well, here, I really like that. I really like yeah, thinking about it that way. But like, it's really, mm-hmm. yeah, it's bringing in the quality of stability or the quality of grounding that's going to help me be less distracted. And then I think about like, you know, what's, what's in my kitchen that's like available and like feasible to make, you know, so I'm not like super mm-hmm. stressed out about it. now I have to make this elaborate, you know, Vata pacifying meal. Um, so a lot of things I do right now to help with like just grounding in general are like warm and like, heavy, like unctuous food. So kichidi mm. is a big one, it's like lentils and rice mm-hmm. oil together. That's like probably three or four times a week. And I'll add some ghee and I'll add some spices. And it's Yum. really easy to make and it's super mm-hmm. cheap. So I'll make that three or four times a week. Another one is, um, you know, having when sometimes like my husband's like, I literally don't want to eat kichidi every single day. <laughs> <It's horrible. laughs> and um, So what, what I've also been doing is just making like different kinds of curries. You know, because they're mm-hmm. warm and they're heavy, but they also have, like, mm-hmm. really flavorful. And i will mm. add different meat or different veggies. So, again, it's, like, it's thinking about qualities, you know. And qualities doesn't just have to be through food. It can be, like, through experiences. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, one like, of my teachers say, like, you know, one of the tastes that balance vata and pitta, which is out of balance for so many people right now. So yeah. many people. Because it's, like, fire yeah. and then, like, excessive movement. You know, so it's Mm -hmm. like intensity and like lots of movement Mm -hmm. and the common taste that they both have is sweet. And so Mm. you can bring in sweet, you know, through, you know, root vegetables that have a really Mm -hmm. sweet quality, like sweet potatoes and carrots and beets and all of that. But grains have sweet quality, too. Um, But they, they were also saying, like, you can have sweet experiences. You yeah. Know, um, yeah, which I really oh, love. You know, like cuddling so nice. or mm-hmm. like reading, you know, reading that really trashy novel that like mm-hmm. so much joy because you can like totally turn <laughs> off your mind, right? Like I'm on yeah. book six of the Bridgerton series right now. And, yes. and, <laughs> and it's like having those sweet experiences that bring a lot of mm-hmm. bring a lot of comfort and it doesn't always have to be through something you're eating, right? Like you can go for yeah. go for a walk in like one of your favorite places in your neighborhood that has like lots of trees and like lots of dirt. Um you know, or like if, whether, even if you don't have kids, right. Like for us, we don't have kids, but like going and playing with their niece and nephew, like once a week and just like Mm. acting like a kid, you know? Um, Yeah. So yeah. Thinking about those qualities, I think are really, really important because they help us move away from, you know, all dry and crunchy stuff is bad for Vati. You should never have it. Do I try not to have those things? Sure. But it's Mm -hmm. less like I can't, I can never have tortilla chips and more like, sure. well, what are, what are like, what's really out of balance for me right now? Like what's really in excess and what are some of the things that I can do that's realistic to help? What are some of the opposite qualities that I can realistically bring in to pacify?
1: It? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe like if you're really wanting tortilla chips, it's like maybe have something like warm and heavy first and then see how you feel, Absolutely. you know?
2: Yeah, my M.O. MO sometimes has been like yesterday we got ice cream and um, (laughs) my M.O. will be like, I'm going to have the ice cream. And then immediately after I'm going to drink my Dashamula tea. (laughs) They'll totally cancel each other. out, Right. But it's like (laughs) and and they probably don't. But it's like this. this like intention of I'm going to enjoy the thing. You know, I'm going to have it like once in a while. And then I'm going to have like my regular tea. I have every single night. Yeah. You know, right after. Um, Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then it's also, um, this comes up in intuitive eating a lot too. It's like sometimes deciding for yourself, like, okay, so I know that if I eat this thing, like I talked earlier about the pizza, it's like, I love pizza. I can't have it all the time because then I'm always like battling with my blood sugar. And it's like, but if I'm like, you know, I'm really feeling pizza today and I just know that I'm going to be having this. So I might have to like make sure my insulin is by my bed. So if I wake up in the middle of the night with high blood sugar, I can adjust it. Right. So it's like, Also, sometimes if you're really feeling the thing, know that you may not feel great afterwards, but that's the choice that you're making and it's fine.
2: I think think that's been, in terms of my body, that's probably been the biggest, I don't know if it's an issue, but like, I would say like the biggest challenge is Mm -hmm. having so many years of having like, even now, like sometimes like weekly having like, micro and macro allergic reactions to things mm. it's less so now because i'm like so careful you know and when i'm yeah. home i don't even have to think about it right because mm-hmm. there's no like actually my husband bought crackers with walnuts yesterday and i gave him like the dirtiest look i was like are you serious <laughs> <laughs> that was, that, like, it that's like i was like it's like a death snack you know <laughs> but he like keeps it separate and like whatever yeah, yeah, you know yeah. whatever mm-hmm, but there are like mm-hmm. definitely some foods that like we can never have in the house because like some lentils that are like an indian food and flowers because even, like, the aroma um, mm. or, like, the dust from the lentils, right? If it, like, touches yeah. you, you can actually touch your face. Like, that is, like, it's so, like, dangerous for me. So yeah. we do not even have them in the house. But generally, right, like, when I'm home, like, it's, like, such a feeling of ease. I don't, like, don't think about it. You know, we have all these, like, delicious nourishing foods. and But it's really, um, I think the challenge for me was, has been, um, like, what you were saying. You know, like, oh, like, have the thing. Just know you might, like, kind of feel like crap for a little bit and whatever, mm-hmm. you know? But for me, it's, like, I'm... I don't have a strong willingness to like be uncomfortable because of what I ate. And yeah. I'm That's not, okay like, too totally though. Yeah. 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 I'm not, That's like, totally fine. clear where that came mm-hmm. from. My sister is like quite different. We're like there she mm-hmm. has boundaries because there are some allergies she has where like she'll go to the hospital and like she can't have them, right? But yeah. there's a, you know, with allergies sometimes comes a lot of sensitivities where like you won't die, but you'll feel like you'll have a lot of GI discomfort you know, and it might be for Mm -hmm. like two or three days or you might have trouble sleeping or something. And my sister is like so different from me because she's like a lot more willing to like eat certain things that even might make her sick, but like she enjoys them. She's like, whatever, I'm just going to have them. And I don't mind feeling like crap for a few days. You know, it's like not a big deal for me. Mm -hmm. I'm like realizing recently, and I was like, I'm just not like that at all. And I'm like, because, you know, whatever the reason is, 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 you know, I think not as important, but I've noticed that where like, that sometimes also feeds into the body image stuff, right? Where, like, I'm, like, yeah. I'm not even willing to, like, have certain things that, like, might upset my system. Um, one, if it, if it's, like, not totally worth it. If it's, like, something, yeah. like, I feel the way about eating out now with, like, allergies, I'm, like, if it's not going to be amazing, I don't even want to – I don't want, like, an average meal. <laughs> like, I want like, something sure, that really that's good. fair. Yeah, definitely. But sometimes, like, you know, with the discomfort, yeah, it's, like, I don't have that willingness, like, to – put myself that out of balance because of food, you know? Um, yeah. Sometimes I'm totally willing to do that because of experiences. So that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And, that is um, interesting. Yeah. So what are you doing these days to connect with your body? Um, A big one for me is working with my therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big one. And, you know, having like an objective space where I can like, talk about all the ways that I hate people talk that I hate in the way that people talk to me about food um, about my allergies mm. and um having a space where someone doesn't know me and I can just like say all of that. yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's really 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 helpful um but also like you know having a space where I can talk about like how I notice how it like leaks into other parts of my life like how I might project it onto like my partner mm-hmm. or situations um, and I don't want to do that and I try really hard not to do that but when you have those like old patterns come up, like it's like so hard to fight it. And so I think like working with my therapist and my yoga mentor has been like really helpful. It's like bring things into my personal practice that help, um, move through that and like digest some of those like patterns and like experiences, Mm -hmm. but also having like a therapist too, where you can just be like really freaking hate it when people say like this and this and this. And I wish people would say that to people with like chronic illnesses or like food allergies, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like so annoying. Um, I think those are things like my personal practice for sure. But, um, I think for me, it's like trying to also put myself in more situations where I'm like not eating at home and I have to like kind of navigate that, um, Mm. and be able to connect with my body to like, what are you okay with having right now? What are you not okay with? And like accepting that, but doing that in a place where I'm not like as comfortable, because we are moving so much right now and I'm like not always home. So I think that's been really helpful to connect with my body to see like, oh, like you can have these things and like yeah. it's really gonna change and like everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Um and to do that like not in a controlled environment like like my house.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you're starting to like kind of uh expand your boundaries around yeah. what feels safe. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah.
2: I love it. Uh- but I'll always I'll always eat at your house because it's always safe. <laughs> okay, good. We
1: always want to make sure that we uh, <laughs> uh that we accommodate all needs, even though there we have this joke where every time you ask me what we're
2: eating, my husband Andrew's making chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're coming back for the chicken wings, though. So. Yes, so uh, good. I I think another thing I've been doing to kick my body is like, you know, I used to be vegetarian and then I was Mm -hmm. vegan for a while. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think in a world where I had no allergies or sensitivities, I feel like I would, I would want to be vegetarian, but Mm -hmm. I actually think eating meat was like such like one of the best things I could have done for my body. Mm -hmm. Um, -hmm. I don't even, I'm not even nutrition aside, but to be able to have more flexibility with food. um, I actually think like like mental health wise. And for my body, that was like one of the best things because um, that idea of restriction is like such a strong pattern for me, Yeah. you know? um, So having something that I actually am not allergic to and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll have like, usually I'll just have like chicken or turkey or something that's like easier to digest. But having that has actually changed a lot for me because even if I don't have it all the time, it's not like a no-go zone. It's like something I can have that's like, you know, I'm not allergic to. And it offers, it's like expanded, expanded my world in terms of like when I go out and I'm with friends, I don't have to have this like mental conversation with myself like all the time. Yeah. before I order something right because yeah if there's only a lot of times if there's only one vegetarian thing on the menu it usually has like cheese and like all. This or, nuts. In it, yeah. Right? Yeah. or nuts yeah yeah right like yeah, and, yeah. Like, people are always like oh Melissa you must love going to like vegan restaurants I was like actually like most vegan restaurants use yeah. like nuts as a substitute for everything everything and, like, it's actually better yeah. for me to mm-hmm. probably go to like a steakhouse and get like veggie yeah side <laughs> just a steak yeah. <laughs> yeah. A <vegan> restaurant. <laughs> yeah but like I think like yeah. being in tune with my body in that way where I'm like I actually don't really love like and bringing, like, meat into my diet, but I see, like, being connected to my body in a way where I'm, like, actually having this is more supportive than trying to do any of these, um, like, lifestyle diets for, um, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: I mean, it sounds horrible for, like, ethical reasons, right, but I'm, like, it was actually really, like, harming my body for me, and there are people who can have, like, really healthy vegan diets and, like, fine, but, like, if you can't have tofu and all these like other substitute meats and like things like that you know um yeah anyway so that that, I think that like that change in like the last five years um Mm -hmm. was really was really eye-opening and also helped me be more open to I don't know like different 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 kinds of lifestyles and how like People are so judgmental when people eat, even the yoga world, people are yeah. so judgmental. Oh, like, that's exactly you know, like in the yoga world. <laughs> oh my God, especially. Yeah. It's like, oh, if you're a true, yeah. if you're a true, like, you know, practitioner of yoga, like you don't yeah. eat meat at all. And I'm like, well, actually, if you like study Ayurveda at all, you know that they prescribe meat, like maybe not all the time, but for like medicinal sure. reasons. And mm-hmm. again, it's like, about the qualities of person's meeting, you know, not like mm-hmm. don't have this and don't have that and don't eat any. It's yeah. like, that's not what it's supposed to be about at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah, both Andrew and I had long stints of practicing not I've never been fully vegan but of being vegetarian and he I it made him anemic. He like yeah. needs to he just has a body that needs to eat meat. And when for me it was when I got pregnant. I was like I was veg up until that point for a while and then I was like I need a brisket. <laughs> and I was like <laughs> And then is But yeah, I mean it's so funny I didn't think of it that way. With allergies, I have a. We have another friend who's coming over for dinner um, in a couple of days, and she has a dairy and gluten allergies. And so I was like, chicken, <laughs> you know, I'm like what can we, <laughs> yeah. like chicken, yeah, you know. And so we're like making homemade marinade, you know, we're like trying to make it super um, friendly, but yeah, just make it a little more accessible. Um, so one last thing I want to do before we go, if you have time, I'd love for you just to lead us through like a little mini baby um, practice. Just like
0: a little love. Awesome. Yeah. Here's one thing that you can do to be
4: okay with being you. So sit comfortably, please. Take what you need so that your back is supported, your hips are supported. Settling into your breath. Noticing if there's any restriction in the breath or where it feels particularly
3: open. I invite
4: you to bring to mind something you've been putting a lot of effort into. Something you've been putting a lot of effort into. and working
3: really hard toward it.
4: Then take a deep breath in. As you exhale, take one hand, bring it to the opposite shoulder. If it's comfortable for you to gently twist, twist. If not, just let the hand touch the shoulder. If the hand doesn't go all the way to the shoulder, let it stop somewhere on your chest. Then you'll inhale, bring the hand back to your lap. Exhale, take the other hand to the opposite shoulder, chest. And then inhale, bring it back. This time, exhale. Take the hand to the opposite shoulder and slide the hand all the way down the arm until you touch your fingertips. Inhale, hand back on your lap. Exhale, hand to opposite shoulder, slide it all the way down on the exhale. Just continuing like this, breathing in, breathing out. Slide the hand all the way down. Trying your best to let the pace of the arms moving match the pace of your breath.
3: Hand slides all the way down the arm till you touch your fingertips. One more time on each side. When you're done with this last
4: side, come back to center. Again, bring to your mind something you've been putting a lot of effort into. Just
3: stay with that for a moment. I'm just going to do a little bit of chanting. Oh.
4: Annamaya pranamaya manomaya viknyanamaya nandamaya me Shudhyantan chotiraham virajavipapamabhoyasaggasvaha Om Annamaya pranamaya prana vijnanamaya nandamaya me. Should yantan jutiram, diraja vipatma, bhuya sakiswa.
3: And that's our practice.
1: Thank you so much. That was that was really beautiful. I felt so nourishing to touch my own arms with my hands. Um, so, where can folks find you? And just tell us a little bit about your website.
4: Yeah,
2: so folks can find me um, on Instagram. I don't always reply to messages right away, but um, that'd be a to find out about the work I'm doing some of the work I have coming up um, and that's at the handles find your breath and then you can also go to my website findyourbreath.net um, and on that website there's options to practice with me one-on-one there are a couple of group classes um, that you can check out if you're interested in that some community classes and then I also have an online library where you can subscribe on a monthly or three-month or six-month basis And that basically has a library of about 40 yoga therapy practices, um, encompassing pranayama practices, meditation, asana, mantra. um, And that is continuing to grow because I'm adding a few practices every month. So if you're looking for something you want to do on your own time, that's like, you know, 15 minutes, like 40 minutes, something that's like, you know, realistic. um, That would be a great start. But you can also check out some other opportunities to work one-on-one.
1: Yeah. Oh, and such great practices on there. So if you liked what we just did, then there's, there's so much more where that came from. So go check out Melissa and I'm going to link to her website and um, Instagram in the show notes. So thank you so, so, so much for being here, Melissa. Oh, great. So healing. Yay. That's okay if your body's changed, and that's
0: okay if your body's changed. That's okay if your body's changed, and why would you expect them to stay the same when in fact everything does change?